I need to bring the energy up because I'm Francesca. I'm Patrick. And this is Last Name Basis. Let's do it. Okay, so before we jump into it, I just want to get really serious for a second and say thank you to everyone who supported me during the time that I was stuck in the elevator on Friday night. (laughs) Okay. It was a very traumatic experience. I was in there for 90 minutes. You mean dramatic? No, traumatic. Yeah, no, I think you mean dramatic. It was trauma-inducing. It was was a really trying time for me. And, you know, I got through it, but I couldn't have gotten through it without the support of everyone on Snapchat. So thank you for being there when I gave the tour of the elevator. And you gave a tour of the elevator on Snapchat? Yeah, I did. It was an exclusive. So if you weren't there, uh, it's like <laughs> it's uh, already gone. <laughs> what was it? MTV what Cribs? Was, Cribs, yeah. It's like Cribs. Where the magic happens. Yeah, so definitely make sure you're following me on Snapchat for all of the fun things like when I get stuck in elevators. Um, my Snapchat's Chuskily, of course. Um, and so, yeah, you know, it was we, we were together. We People comforted me. They offered lots of support. Patrick was texting me, but he was not as supportive as I would have liked him to be. I'm sorry, you were fine. You were stuck maybe three feet above the first floor. I know, but I was still in there by myself, and yeah. it was warm. Yeah. And then I had a slushie to drink, and then I ran out of it, and then I and then I had to pee. <laughs> that was the best part. Fran had a slushie, and, and we were texting while she was in the elevator, because I was right outside. And she was so positive up until the slushie ran out. And as soon as the slushy ran out, all the texts were very. You don't understand. You, I don't think that you understand what it was like to be in there and have this fruity, cold goodness <laughs> to comfort you, and then suddenly it's gone, and you don't know when someone is coming. You don't even know if you'll ever get a slushy again in your life. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like those are the things that I was been, thinking about. You could about. have been peeing in that cup in in another I half would, hour. Okay, that's disgusting. I never. Would have peed in a cup. You would if you had to. Mm. You would. Otherwise, it's on the floor, and then you have nowhere no, to sit. No, I would have saved it because they're, like, okay, so when you drink the slushy, like, all of the juice comes out, but then there's still ice in there. So, like, technically, I could have let it melt and then oh. had some, like, water to drink. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's why I wouldn't pee in there. The elevator save, survival guide. Save my resources, right. you heard? Yeah. So, don't try to like mess me up here. I could have just like peed in the corner. Like worse things have happened in that elevator. <laughs> oh God, it's <laughs> so, not a pretty elevator. It's so Let's put it that gross. way. Well, you know, if you watch the Snapchats. Yeah, exactly. I, well, I tried to you know keep it cute and not show them. <laughs> I showed them that we have a no smoking sign in our elevator. For some reason, though, people don't abide by it and decide that they're gonna smoke in there. So that just tells you about the caliber of our apartment. Building. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, we had firefighters responding. So. Oh yeah, the firefighters came. They did not seem. They didn't really seem. They just were kind of like meh. They, they were came. hilarious. When they came in, one of them, the leader, called back to the other. She, he asked me. I said, you know, I, there's someone stuck in the elevator. She's You just said someone? You didn't the tell them anything I about did. me? Hold on, hold on. I said she's stuck in the elevator. There's a woman stuck in the elevator. You just said, wait a she's second. Between you the first was, and second wait floors. Wait a second. When the, when the fireman came, you described as a woman is stuck in the elevator. Like, you, like what? Yeah. I was like, I'm just trying to get to the sixth floor. I live up on six. <laughs> Somebody's stuck in there, and it's keeping me from taking the elevator to the sixth floor. I'm not taking the stairs. That's what I told him. 
And what did they say? <laughs> I'm kidding. I didn't. I told them you were my wife. And the guy who was the, I guess, the leader of the, the crew leader. yelled back to everybody else, hey, it's this guy's wife. <laughs> and I think he was I think he was telling them that so that they would make sure that they acted appropriately when rescuing the damsel in distress. Oh, as if like they needed to make sure that they were like, I don't know, more professional. I think I think it, I, I mean, it was like six or eight guys. And I think they were and they were rescuing a very beautiful woman from an elevator. But they didn't know. Not at that point. That's what I'm saying. So. But I mean, they looked at me. They were like, yeah, it's this dude's what she's going to be hot. Are you? I mean, I, I'm, part of me is like thinks that's a compliment, but I can't really tell. No, it's a compliment for me. Is it? Yes. Okay. Um, anyway, well, they said. Anyway, the guy yelled back and said, uh, "said you know, it's this guy's wife," and and I really believe that it was just so that they would all get the message. Sense of urgency. Not to uh, maybe. Or I not think, to hit on me. I think that's what he was saying. He was like, "Hey, don't hit on this girl because her husband is right here." Oh. Yeah. 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 That's weird. That's weird to prep yourself that way because, like, they don't know. I could have been, like, hideous. You know what I'm saying? So they already were like, well, there's a woman in there. We can't hit on her. Like, you don't even know what I look like. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of weird. No, I'm just saying, like, you know, I am cute. And so when they opened the elevator and saw me. There was a gasp. They all gasped. Did they? No, nobody gasped. They just pulled you out of there. It was cool that they pulled you out. You were stuck and they were up on the second floor. No, the guy got down and he, like, got on his knees and I had to like step on him which I felt very strange about but you know it was great they, mm. they let me out but I felt that they were kind of just like I don't know they just seemed like it wasn't not that it wasn't a big deal but they were just like eh, whatever like, uh, they do that probably 10 times a day yeah I guess so I just, pulling people out of elevators you know it's par for the course when you're a firefighter anyway the good news is Fran is alive and well Thank you so much to everyone that prayed for me and sent their condolences. It just it really meant a lot, and I couldn't have gotten through this whole experience without you or without my Snapchat story. So thank or, you. Or, uh, you know, or, or the guy that or, you Or Patrick calling 911 or the fireman or, you know, like technicalities. We four corners in a triangle. Why we keep it 100 tie optional? With a person from my desk acting on the screen. You know who it is, man, it's Jessica Lee. He's a lawyer, she's an activist. And you're tuning to them live. This is last name basis. You ready? Yes. Okay. So last night we went and saw um, a really good documentary that I would love to talk about. Would you like to talk about it, Patrick? Yes. <laughs> so the documentary—it <laughs> was a yes or no question. You said it. You said it with—I don't even know what expression that was, but okay. You said yes. You wanted to. Um, the documentary was called "The Black Panthers: Vanguard of the Revolution." Oh, it was so good, and it was really, really good. And you know, honestly, maybe this shouldn't have surprised me, but it did. It was packed in there. I don't know what I was expecting. It just, it was really, really packed. And and it was a really mixed audience, which I thought was really cool, too. Oh, yeah. It was a very very mixed audience. It was a very diverse audience. Um, Lots of young people, lots of old people. Um, But it was so, so good. I mean, honestly, I admittedly did not know that much about the Black Panthers. I knew about the school lunches program. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't really know much else other than like leather jackets and berets. Like I knew, I knew a few things, not any of the details really. Right. But it was amazing just how many, uh, just just how much the Black Panthers evolved, and that was one of the most interesting things about this documentary. Is that is that it showed where it started, and then it showed where it went from there, and then it showed how it split, 
And then it showed what the government purposefully did to the Black Panther movement. Right. And the leaders of that, including including outright assassinations. Yeah, that was really I I really didn't know about that stuff at all. And I think even though like the assassination thing is not completely related to Black Lives Matter, like in terms of there's no official like leadership, but I did see a lot of parallels in how like how the government and how the media tried to make the Black Panthers look like a terrorist organization, which for some reason is what people are now saying about Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. that it's a terrorist organization. And then like the FBI came up with like this whole plan to try and like tear apart the Black Panthers. And, and one of the things was to try and like make sure that they looked unruly and that no one wanted to join them because there was like a lot of police attention on them. And it was one of those things where as the film was going on, I was like, this is so incredibly timely. Like, this is a documentary, but it is so relevant to right now what's going on, like police brutality and, like, education and house fair housing. Absolutely. Yeah, the 10, I, I don't know, what were they calling it? Not quite a list of demands, but they're... Like, the, principles or something? Yeah, I don't really know. The, their, their mission statement, basically, yes, for the yes. Black Panthers included included 10 points. And those points included everything that the Black Lives Matter movement stands for. The things that they were they were asking for are exactly the same things that are, are still uh, at issue today. And and so that was one of the the largest parallels in terms of what needed to be accomplished uh, and what needs to change if we're going to see a society that actually has equality for all of its members. And it's interesting to see, wow, that was 1960s and 70s. Mm-hmm. And now here we are. It's 2015 and literally the fighting exact for the same, same thing. And, and the exact like you were pointing out a moment ago, the exact same responses to those efforts. Right. And, and, and fear and fear of black people rising up. That was like a big big theme was that they were scared. Well, the government really did that. They played, they were fear-mongering. That's how they approached that movement. But, they, but I think that they were scared. I mean, like, it wasn't just fear-mongering for the general public. I think that they were really worried because there was one point where they said that they were really scared when, like, white college students started getting involved. They were like, uh-oh, now we know this shit's for real. <laughs> like, now we're really scared. Yeah, but scared of what? I mean, it's it's one thing to Scared mislead. of change. It's Change is one thing. But, I mean, it's one thing to, to mislead people to believe that they should be scared of the Black Panther movement because they're black people, they're angry, they have guns. Right. You know what I mean? It's another thing to be frightened because poor blacks and poor whites are actually coming together and congregating around something that's meaningful to all of them. That's what they were afraid of for sure. Yeah, but that's a different kind of fear. That's not fear of change. That's not fear of of, of riots or killings. Well, I do think that's fear of change. Fear of change in a very loose sense. That's fear fear of losing control. Right. And that's not exactly the same thing that you think it has very different connotations um than, I don't know. I than mean, when you say we're, we're afraid of change just because we're used to living in these conditions uh, in this sort of community you know what I, i'm just saying like the idea of like two oppressed people coming together and and actually working towards a common goal is something that the government and those in power absolutely didn't want which is why they made sure that they infiltrated the party to kind of like have dissension among the ranks and not have them working together because you know once you get those people to realize that like black people are not less than them people of color are not less than anyone else 
there are, you know, there's a chance that people are going to rise up and demand better for everyone. When you have a chance for someone to step on somebody else's neck and be above them, then it's easier to control them. I mean, and that's essentially what the FBI said, like in these documents, they talked about the fact that like once they started fighting amongst themselves, they, they could pull back. They didn't have to bother with them anymore. You know what I mean? Right, right. And just for reference, the documentary laid out the FBI and police, uh, basically the entire chain of law enforcement efforts to control the Black Panthers. Uh, and it started primarily J. Edgar Hoover was one of yeah. the driving forces. And he issued letters to the FBI or within the FBI that said things like, we need to stop the rise of a black messiah, meaning, yeah. meaning one figure that really represents the black community and can and can get them to rally effectively. Uh, so they, were, they weren't really concerned about any sort of danger to the community. They were actually concerned about the black, uh, sorry, I almost said Black Lives Matter. I know. About the black panther they're so similar it's it's kind of strange um they were really just concerned that the black panthers would actually be effective in getting what they wanted right and what they were wanting and demanding were, were things that were nonviolent and things that really should be provided to every community and something that people in power should already be i mean that should be the goal right identify underserved communities serve them better what else is there yeah but i mean it's also scary to think that like that's something that the government was afraid like didn't well, that want is, that <laughs> like, is, you know what I mean? that is the important part of that right. is that they might actually get people to vote and use their voices and use their bodies to get fair housing to get you know better access education. to jobs yeah and education to, to get better education i mean that says so much and that's what our government was fighting against and then you see like you said the parallels between then and, and now. now and it's hard to see Ooh. the government with the same mindset, it was with the same scary. mentality. It like it seriously like put a chill down my spine just watching it because there was just so many moments where I kept thinking like that sounds like a Fox News broadcast right now. You know what I mean? Right. Like these people talking about like how scary and bad All the Black the Panthers spin. are. Like yeah, and just it was very. Ugh, it was it it was very very powerful and and I have to say I tweeted about it last night and I saw a few people who said that they felt like it didn't paint the whole picture of the Black Panthers. I mean, it was not all positive. Mm-hmm. Like it did go into some of the negative things that happened in the party and like Huey Newton and like yeah. his whole problems and stuff. But I read this morning there was a woman who was interviewed, and I can't remember her name, but she was interviewed for the documentary, and she's, like, really pissed off about how it came out. Like, she doesn't think that she was represented the correct way. And, and I read what she said, and I, I I mean, I respect what she has to say, but I couldn't really understand why she was so mad. Like, it didn't really honestly make sense to me. But... I don't know, but as people who don't have a very large knowledge set right. concerning the Black Panthers— I mean, this was this was the fullest picture I've ever seen painted. Right. So it was a good primer, like a good introduction. And I'm sure like, you know, it, there's room to dig deeper on every subject, you know. A, a right. I'm just saying we wouldn't know we it. wouldn't know what it is that she I mean, she she might know something that obviously wasn't included in the documentary. Right. We wouldn't know that because it wasn't included in the documentary. Yeah, I think right? she was basically just saying that she felt like it was it didn't really show the full scope of all the things that they did. Instead, it just really focused on the the school food program and like didn't go into all of the other programs that they did, which mm-hmm. they kind of did. They talked about like they provided health care and they were trying to do research for sickle cell anemia. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were doing other food programs that weren't for school children. They were doing like family food programs. So they did 
kind of go into some of those things. Yeah, but, but they I guess had a they lot of ground to cover too. They, right. I feel like maybe she didn't think that they delved deep enough. And she also said that she felt like they kind of demonized Huey Newton in that while he did have his problems, there are still a lot of people in the community who really look up to him and he's still seen as like a a hero to a lot of people, which is true. But I, I mean, sure. I think, you know, a documentary, he only has what's available to him in his interviews to like build the story. Possibly. You know what I, mean? I, I mean, they, they definitely left the documentary with him as, as a villain. I mean, not that he started that way. Right. And not that, not that the change or the, the power of the, of the black Panthers and that movement wasn't due to him. And I think that's why it, it it doesn't mean that he shouldn't be considered a hero. Right. Because I mean, he, he should. Like, he started the party. Like, I mean, there is right. something he, to that. He obviously played, uh, like, you know, an integral pro- uh, role in the formation of the Black Panthers. So you can't take that away from him. On the other hand, by the end of it, uh, apparently he was doing drugs and he was addicted to multiple substances, problems. staying up at his penthouse suite. And he was abusive to people. Right. Well, I right. guess his wife or girlfriend left him and the Panther movement because of how he was treating her. I yeah, mean, I mean, I felt like that was balanced in the sense that, like, it wasn't all, like, yay, they were amazing. It was like, well, here's some stuff that also happened that wasn't so great. And mm-hmm. I think that was really important. So, Sure, I mean, if that's the truth, that's the truth. It doesn't mean, you know, it, it just because somebody did something wrong at some point doesn't lessen their value earlier or at other times in their right, life. Right, right. So I think it shouldn't be about walking away from the documentary thinking, oh, he was the good guy or a bad guy or something like that because, you know, it's everybody's a mix of all of that. Yeah. And really what matters is the Black Panther movement, what they started, what they accomplished, and and where it probably should be picked up now. Yeah, I mean, or it is being picked up. It did kind of make me think about the fact that the Black Lives Matter movement could probably stand to gain from having a concrete outline aside from, you know, the end to police brutality and like holding police officers accountable. And I know that that's something that like DeRay is starting his own, he has his own like, um, we are the protesters site, and I think that they outline some things. And mm-hmm. then um, Sean King has a new site that's a, like a police oversight committee type thing. So I mean, I know that there are these organizations out there, but in terms of like the Black Lives Matter movement, I think that especially when you watch Fox News, they make it sound like it's this devious organization that like has meetings and like plans to kill cops or something. But yes. like, it's really a hashtag. It's really like people standing out and protesting, holding up signs. Like there's not in the same way that, you know, I'm watching the Black Panthers documentary and and they were like, I was an official. Like I like this was my duty. I made the paper. And it's like they actually had jobs. Yeah, Yeah. They were actually contributing and building something. So, I mean, not to discredit what's happening right now, but I think that in comparison, Black Lives Matter feels very like disjointed and it's like a lot of voices sure. and not like a unified voice or I mean, the unified voice is we want an end to police brutality. But besides that, like I haven't really seen or heard any like concrete like here's what we want to do or and maybe that's me. Like maybe I need to like do my research and like read more. Well, or- there are. I mean, there's 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 Black Lives Matter, the institution which adopted that name and they're actually trying to. Uh, actually trying to organize very, you know, be very organized right. in, in affecting the change that they want to see. I mean, obviously, the Black Lives Matter hashtag and the, the movement and the outcry 
started just in response to to police acting badly. You well, know. actually, it was initially started with <clears throat> Trayvon Martin, which was which was had nothing to do with police. But I mean, but it was still in the same mindset of black people's lives not being valued sure, and, sure. and like the media misrepresentation. Right, which is interesting because Zimmerman acted exactly like a police, police officer. officers act. <laughs> yeah. Did the same thing, made the same biased decisions in terms of who he was targeting. And then was supported by our justice system. And then was supported. He got the same treatment we see police officers get in the mainstream media. Uh, so it's it's wild. Definitely check out the documentary, The Black Panthers, Vanguard of the Revolution. I'm pretty sure it'll be on DVD or online in the near future. But for right now, it is in select theaters. So you want to make sure you go online and look for the documentary to see where it is playing near you. And if it's not playing near you, definitely make sure to tweet them and let you let them know that you want to see the film because that's how they will know that they should go to wherever it is that you live. So definitely go check them out. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know what else we should talk about, though? The trailer before the Black Panther (laughs) Vanguard of the Revolution movie. Uh, This trailer was for a movie. I forget the name of it, but they're trying to make basically a a human-sized organism out of slime mold is what what they said. What is slime mold? Slime mold is a slimy mold. And and they were, (laughs) that's it. That's that's all it is. A whole documentary about some slimy mold? Wasn't it like special or something? Well, they were saying that slime mold, when they document how it spreads, it's basically a mold. Like a mold, it just sort of spreads out from wherever it is. It just kind of grows outward. But slime mold, uh, according to this trailer, which was three minutes, so you know I'm an expert, (laughs) Science corner. (laughs) But but slime mold apparently um, makes decisions is what they found. And and not not quite like a person, but it was saying that here's a thing. It's mold. So it's really just a connection of venous routes that feed the rest of its substance. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what that actually is. It's mold. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) it was a pretty safe guess. Um, We're getting scientific up in here. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But apparently it actually makes decisions. So if it encounters something, it will choose to go around it or go over it or something like that. And so what they're saying is we don't understand how something without a central nervous system, without a brain, without nerves can make decisions like that as a whole, as a unit. And so what they were, I guess, where that, I mean, and that was interesting and fascinating. But they wanted to find out a way to use that into, like, technology, right? And then at the, no, by the end, they were like, our goal now is to make a human being completely comprised of slime mold. Yeah. Or something like that. Like a like a living unit, like a man But why? But what? I, piece of mold that could decide things for its, I have no idea where that was going. It, it garnered a lot of laughter from the audience. Yeah, I don't know why people were laughing. I was confused. The trailer was so strange. It was I like think you, you were all funny. these you... close-ups of mold and like scientists talking like mad slow. It sounded like NPR. Like it was just like, what the hell is happening right now? And then- I don't even, I don't, whatever, I won't be seeing it. Maybe you should see it and report back for us. I will. I absolutely will see it. Uh, I don't know if it'll be playing at the theater. I think it will be. I will be there for it if <laughs> I can remember the name. Okay, do you want to stay in the science corner? Cause... Oh, yeah, we can stay in the science. There's lots of science. <laughs> A lot of science out there, guys. <laughs> the most interesting, I think, is that the first human head transplant, human head, the entire head, onto another body, has been scheduled for December of 2017. Wait a second. How do you... 
You just take you you just s- take a head. No, no, no. I'm, put I'm, it on okay, another I'm body. not even getting into the science yet. How do you schedule that for 2017? Because like, how, how do, do you, you not schedule that? I'm, how do you schedule something if you don't have the head and the person that's going to be transplanted? They just have decided that this is happening in 2017, but like. You can't, that's, you know what I mean? That's not scheduling like a dentist appointment where like, you know, like, okay, I'm going to go to the dentist and they are going to clean my teeth. Like in 2007, we are going to put some random person's head on some other person's body. No. But we don't know who or no, like No, of what. course not. So then why are they, they didn't schedule? They didn't like schedule a day to, to go out and, I don't know, capture two people and switch their heads and bodies. Why did they use the word scheduled for December 2017? Because there's a person. He's a Russian computer scientist. Does he not have a head? He has a head. Oh, I'm sorry. You got really concerned. Because you're saying it's <laughs> he scheduled this, and I'm just thinking, like, what's going on right. with him? Well, let me put it this way. If he didn't have a head, he wouldn't be scheduling anything. That's true. That's true. <laughs> no, he has a head. He has a rare disorder where all of his muscles atrophy and he can no longer control. I think it's called Wardnig Hoffman disease. Okay. So his head apparently and brain function normally. They're going to take he's he's decided that he's willing to do this and he's found a surgeon, Sergi Canavero. uh, who's going to perform he's a little the Sergi. That's <laughs> <laughs> like a little nickname. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't think of that. I did. Oh, yeah, I know you did. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that he he wishes he had someone like you yeah, around. Sergi. <laughs> um. So he already has a surgeon. So he has a surgeon. He has a head. I don't know where the body's coming from, but they're going to find a body and put his head on it. And and this guy is really really positive about this. I mean, he is he's very optimistic. In his interview, he said something like, "I feel like I've been waiting for this moment of greatness my entire life, and now." We actually have it set to happen. Like this is the thing that I'm supposed to be a so part of. So is this kind of like 2017 is the scheduled date in the sense that like we've got two years to figure out how to do this because like well I think they know basically how to do that. I mean they connect muscles, nerves, veins. They connect all of the systems that they'd be connecting, but they just don't do it with the whole head. They do it with other parts of the body. So. I mean, obviously there are going to be differences. You have to somehow connect the spinal column to the, I am so head, grossed and creeped and just confused out right it's, now. It is, it is nuts. But I, I got me thinking, like, what, what would you want your head grafted onto? Oh. If you could graft your head onto anyone or anything. Anything? Anything. I mean, what would you, if you had to put your head somewhere other than your body, where would you put it? Sky's oh, the limit, too. Sky is the limit. You know, you can, you can put it on whatever you want. You put it on a bird. You put it on a... <laughs> a bird that is so <laughs> Put weird. a bird on it. No, you know what? I would go for, like, the old-fashioned, like, centaur style. Oh, you know what I mean? Yes. So that you could have, like, the best of both worlds. Like, you could have, like, the ripped upper body. Yeah. Like, the cent- like, you never see a chunky centaur, am I right? Like, centaurs always look like they do, like, CrossFit oh, or something. Oh, they are so fit. Yeah, they're always, like, ripped. And then they have, like, you know, like a horse body. So, in- and you know what I mean? You get a tail. I've always wanted a tail. Oh, yeah. And so, like, you could, like, braid it and yeah. stuff and, like, have, like, little beads. But you couldn't braid it. That thing is way I, back there. Yeah, but I'm saying I could go to like a salon or something. You would get your, you would get the person that does your hair. Oh, I would totally. Would get you them. dredge your tail? Mm, 
Maybe I could see like doing like a streak of color in there, you know, like something just like festive. <laughs> I don't know if I would do dreads. I feel like I would just kind of mix it up so that I could yeah. have dreads on my head and then like on my butt, it would be like a silky. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You'd make a hot centaur. I think I really would. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you could like run and gallop and jump and stuff, but I could still like use my cell phone because I would have hands. Right. Those are important. Yeah. I could still like use Snapchat and stuff. So like- I think that's like the best of both worlds. <laughs> your face is like you hate me so much. <laughs> what would you graft your head onto? I don't know, man. I would. I don't know. Maybe one of those like like a radio controlled car or something. You, know, you just drive around. You know <laughs> what? I don't know. But you have to think about fun. practically, like practically speaking, you wouldn't be able to do anything else but drive, which is why a centaur is a really good you're being, choice. For you're me. being too practical, I think. What, all you'd be able to do is like, like. You know what I'd do? I'd I'd graft my head onto like a, you know, like a like a satellite or or uh, some sort of rocket designed to explore deep space, and I just go around exploring space. It'd be Ugh, cool. You're such a nerdy man. Oh, because I don't want to be on a centaur. Well, I'm just saying, like, it just doesn't really seem like you've thought about all of the possibilities because all you would do is like circle the earth or be out in space like that's it that's i mean once you've seen a planet that's i mean <laughs> that's pretty important i'm not saying it's not important but like once you've seen it like where do you go from there okay next question if you had to have your head grafted onto somebody else's body while their head was still on that body Whose would it be? Wait, wait, wait. We would be sharing the same body? Pretty much, yeah. You'd be a second head on this person's body. now. Oh, then you have to think about who the person is and like if you want to spend time with here's them. The, here's the hard part, okay? This is the next, the, next, the next qualifier to this. Okay. You don't get control over that person's body. Why the fuck am I being... Why would I... I would just stay where I'm at. Well, you don't get that choice. Oh, That's God. the nature of this hypothetical. Okay, you know what? I think I would want to be grafted onto... Serena Williams. I would get to go to the US Open. I would get to like walk the red carpet. I get yeah, to hook would, up with Drake. You would you I would, would have a sick body. And you know what I mean? Like that's really I would get to be on like magazine covers and stuff. Like it'd be really I'd have to do no work and enjoy like all the glory. You know what I mean? Yeah, until until you start blocking her peripheral vision because now your head's sitting next to it and she starts losing tennis matches. No, 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 no. I would work with her. Like, I would just, like, move my head at the same time with oh, her. Yeah? Like, we would work on that. Like, that would be part of our training. It's, oh, like, nice. to make sure that I would learn, you know what I mean? Like, I'd be like, hey, it's over there. The ball's over there. <laughs> like, it's going. It's going. Girl, block my face. Like, you know what I mean? Because I don't want to get hit in the face. So that's what I would do. Who would you be uh, grafted onto? Oh, God. You know... You know, it'd be a Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> and here's why. And here's why. Because enough people have said I resemble him enough that I can be like, no, I'm I'm the head in control here. And I can fool people into thinking so that I'm the, the right head. Was that? So you would tell people that you were the original. I would. I would. Plus, it would do wonders for his career. You know he would run with that. Oh, he would. You know what, though? I would feel so bad for Leo because you know what would happen. He would. You would get grafted on his body, and then he would finally win the Oscar, and then everyone would say that it was because of Fuck you. Yes. He wouldn't even get the credit. Like, That's he's right. waited all this time, and then he finally wins, and then they're all like, he couldn't have done it without the second head. His second head really did all the work, but they'll also be confused about which one is the second head, and I'll be like, I know, I know. Thank you to my second head. That's oh what I'll be God. saying up there Poor as I accept Leo. my my award. Thank you. I'd like to thank my second head, Patrick. <laughs> and you know. Oh, so you would just pretend that you were Leonardo DiCaprio? Well, fuck yeah, of course. Oh I'd have to God. because he's the famous one. 
You are shady. Oh, yeah. Smart though, right? Oh my god. If you if you get grafted onto Leo's head, will you like invite me to stuff? Like uh, my carpet. I don't know. You won't invite me to any like any movie premiere? Oh, of course. You can come to the premiere that we do about, you know, the two headed person. We'll both we'll also be like, you know, mentally challenged. Mm-hmm. We'll get all in there. Don't hook we'll up. be super Oscar material. Don't hook up with any models. I don't control the body. I just watch. I'm really just, it's all, it's all voyeurism. I mean, it's the hypothetical. I don't make the rules here. You are so gross. (laughs) Um, so I'm really excited because we have a new segment here on last name basis. It's called Florida man. (laughs) This is, this is genius. I cannot wait. Oh, do we should have an intro for this? Yeah. You want to do it now or do you want to intro it? Just try it right now. Ready? Florida, Florida man. man. Oh, I'm fucking gonna try to knock me out. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. the point. <laughs> All right, you gonna do it again? Yeah. Florida, Florida man. man. That was good. Um, so as you may or may not know, because we do have some new listeners here, Patrick and I are both from Florida. And it seems like there's just always some terrible story about someone in Florida making us all look bad. So we decided to make a new segment on our show where I pull four Florida man headlines and Patrick has to tell me which one is the fake headline. Oh, so there's three real ones. There's three real headlines and one of them is fake. And one fake one. Yeah. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. No, I can totally do this because I'm a Florida man myself. (laughs) And I think I know what kind of crazy shit. Oh my I would god, do. that's like the next and evolution of this this segment is like a Florida man decides who is the real Florida, like which one's the fake Florida man. That's one of that's one of your headlines. Florida man runs podcast. That blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you ready? Okay, the first headline is Florida man with socks on his hands denies burglarizing home. Says he was invited over for Gatorade. Yeah, that okay. I'm gonna. That sounds so true. Okay. Number two, a Florida man attacks mother with potato salad. Okay. Florida Florida men do attack their mothers. All the time, right? That seems to be a thing. Um, potato salad's pretty common down there. <laughs> I'm I think say, potato salad's common everywhere. I, also, they happen at family gatherings. Potato salad is a family gathering picnic staple. You know, Florida men are always fighting with their mothers at those gatherings. So I'm going to say that one's probably real. Okay. Number three, Florida man files motion to fuck this court and everything it stands for. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I filed that motion. (laughs) Okay. You think that one's real? I I think so. But let's let's hear the last one. The last one is Florida man compiles map detailing the most popular places in Miami to poop in the street. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think that one, I think that one's fake because these Florida men they don't have that kind of foresight or that kind of ambition. To be honest with you. Okay, so your your answer is the poop map is the fake one. That's correct. The poop map is completely real. No, that one's, really, that one's real. Yeah. Okay, and you should have known this because we lived in Miami and there's shit everywhere. In Miami. But it's not in the same place. That's what I'm saying. It's not like it's, oh, look at that pile of poop. I can no, see it's a everywhere. number of people so, are pooping in so that spot. So the Downtown Miami Development Authority created what they called a scatological atlas. <laughs> 
Scatological. <laughs> with little smiling poop emojis because they've been fighting with the Miami-Dade Homeless Trust over how to get men and women off the street and so that they're not pooping everywhere. So they made this map to illustrate how bad the poop problem is in Miami to show oh. all the places that poop has been found. Can you read your Can you read your headline again for me? Florida man compiles map detailing the most popular places in Miami to poop in the street. Okay, see, that was a little misleading. Why? Because they really created a map to see where people have been shitting. Right. But but that's the headline. But the headline is like, Miami's hottest poop spots <laughs> are, you know, Lincoln and Collins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you need to poop, here's the place to do <laughs> yes. it. Yes, it's all glow okay, sticks. So and, look, the, the, do you want me to tell you the fake one? Yeah. Okay. The fake one, I kind of, I kind of tricked you a little bit because the fake one was Florida man files motion to fuck this court and everything it stands for. Because in reality, it was a Florida woman that oh filed that. Oh my god! So this war, every woman, all of these things were done. All of these things actually happened. Three by a man and one by a this woman. This one was actually by a woman. Um, it was just in April 2015. She filed a notice to the court. Um, and it's hilarious. The entire document is about nine pages long, and it is hysterical. Um, I don't really understand why she filed this motion. It seems like there's some sort of like custody dispute, but she was really pissed off, so she filed this claim that said, fuck this court <laughs> and everything that it stands for. Uh, there, There is not a person who has been through a child custody battle that didn't want wanted. to file that exact <laughs> same motion. I know. Um, the Florida man attacked his mother with a potato salad, and that was in Bradenton, Florida. Mm-hmm. And he previously had attacked his girlfriend with a, a plate of Corn sour. Cop. No, a sauerkraut. Yeah. But I mean, this rose to the level of domestic violence such that the police need to be called. And in the report, his it mom was, called the police, tried to attack me with whatever food item. No, he did attack her. She was eating her dinner. She was eating some chicken and potato salad. But how do you do that? I mean, how do you do that such that it becomes a weapon that you're not really hitting them? He threw it. Hand? He threw it in her face. Ah. And she felt. You know, it could have gotten and that in her was the eye. Assault. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Could have gotten in her eye. Mayonnaise in the eye is not easy. Well, maybe that's why he was mad. She probably made it with like miracle whip. It could have been like, spicy. This shit is disgusting. <laughs> He's like threw it in her face. <laughs> Crime against humanity. Stop fucking up my picnic salads. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mom. And then the last one that was also true was the Florida man with socks on his hands. I thought this story was so strange. This woman comes home and there is a man in her apartment or in her home trying to, to steal from her. And this guy took a pair of her socks and put them on his hands while he was burglaring her home so that he wouldn't leave any fingerprints. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Actually, that's what? the smartest man in Florida at this time. <laughs> That's him. Bring your own gloves with you. Why are you using this woman's socks? And then try to play it off like, oh, no, no, she invited me over for some Gatorade. Like, boy, what are you talking about? For some Gatorade. That guy guy was probably high on something. Somebody who's, somebody like, if you're going to concoct a story, invited me over for Gatorade. Like, when was the last time you invited somebody to your house? For Gatorade. I mean, after maybe we went for a run, we need some electrolytes. Really? <laughs> Even then, you were like, "Let me. Do you want to come in? I will yeah. get you some." Yeah. You want Gatorade. some Gatorade? Yeah, I've done that before. Uh, I guess. I guess so. In Florida, that's more likely. Yeah, it's hot outside. You know what I mean? You so you're need... just bringing strangers home for Gatorade. I'm not saying you bring strangers home, but you might invite someone over for some Gatorade. It's mm. plausible, but not some guy. Also, also, I'd like to offer these socks if your hands are hands are cold. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you have chilly <laughs> hands, I have socks for you. <laughs> I know. No, that was a very strange detail. Um, so, yes, that is our 
Florida man segment. Um, I think that you did a pretty good job sussing out these um, things. I did kind of throw you for a curve with that. Yeah, you Florida lied to woman. me. You can just say it. You lied. But it's no, okay. No, no, no. I did. I told you that the, <laughs> the stipulations of the segment was that one was going to be fake and the other ones were going to be real. Right. And technically... It was a Florida woman, not a Florida man. So you should have known that only a woman is going to have the guts to tell the court to fuck itself (laughs) and everything that it stands for. That's something a lady would do. Okay. What's next? Um, We have some audience questions. Oh, let's do the audience questions. Don't forget you can email us. We've got an email address and we want to hear from you. So definitely Hit us up, lnbpodcast at gmail.com. And this week we got an email from DJ Mistigo, who tweets us all the time. So thank you for sending us an email. Thanks, DJ. And his email says, speaking of YouTubers who just claim to be comedians so traditional media can give them a recognizable occupation when they their stuff goes viral for all the wrong reasons, she who will not be named, <laughs> with anyone on YouTube now being able to claim that they are a comedian, How many comments on YouTube do I, as solely one who comments, have to make before I can claim to be a comic? Mm. How funny are your comments, DJ? That would be that would be the first thing. Yeah, they're really funny. I think you only need maybe four or five running. I mean, consecutive funny comments. Well, and this is the other thing, too. If people are commenting on your comment, that's how you know, like, you're funny. You know what I'm saying? You just leave some random comment and no one responds. You're not really doing your job as a funny commenter, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Also, also, if you made a video, say, you know, you took- He doesn't make videos, though. Well, well he, hear me out. Okay. You make a screen video, mm-hmm. you know, where you can record what's going on on your screen okay. of you leaving the comment. Oh. Now you're making content in a way that's more than just commenting on another video. Oh. Your comment has become the video. So your comments are like your stand-up material. Exactly. That is weird, and I don't think I would watch that video. But <laughs> DJ, we just formed a new career path for you. I think I think four comments is kind of low. I'm going to say you need variety. You know what I mean? So you maybe want to leave a comment on like a beauty guru video, a comedy video, a fail video, you know, somebody falling. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, that's where those are kind of like low brow and easy. So mm-hmm. you got to really bring it on those ones. Like something really, really funny in the comments. Um, you maybe want to comment on like a cute baby. There's tons of cute babies on the internet. So, you know, you want to have a variety so that you can show people your strengths. So how many do you need with, with this variety? I'm going to say a solid 10 comments. And you need people to actually thumbs up your comment and respond to your comment in order for you to say that you are a YouTube comedian. I think you may, you may already be a YouTube comedian. I mean, you now have an audience here at Last Name Basis, so you can say that this was your first gig. There you go. And now you have no gaps in your resume. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Something else that DJ Mistigo included in his email is that he is now on a one-man campaign to change the slanguage B to the suburban Patrickinary. The suburban Patrickinary? Like, Urban Dictionary. Like Urban Dictionary. Oh, I get it. Yeah. So even if you want to pressure us to dress up the language be corner a bit for the listeners, we could add a big comfy chair, a fireplace, an ottoman, um, you know, a drink in the hand or an auto woman. 
so not just auto <laughs> man. You. You oh, good looking out. Yeah, good look. I would say also auto gender neutral. If I don't know if that really works, but <laughs> we'll we'll throw that in there too. Um, you know, he also says maybe we can have a drink so that you can get really comfy and look the part, or maybe a bookcase with a book that opens with a secret wall for a mystery. Mm. So you know, he's really saying that we should dress up the language B mm-hmm. corner if we're not going to change the name because oh. if the name is not going to you know get better. Which personally, I like the name as it is. You know, a lot of people commented on that. I saw people people saying that they thought it was language beat, like B E A T. Yeah. Which only goes to prove my point that I was making last week. This language B maybe doesn't quite make sense. I think it does. But I mean, personally, I'm not opposed to suburban patriconary. I just think that the patriconary part doesn't really flow in the same way that like (laughs) slanguage B does. I think he was joking. I don't know if you know this about him, but he's an online comedian. Oh, so I think so he was I just missed, joking about that. I missed. Do you think he was joking about dressing up the language B corner? Because no, I also not. I I already ordered a chair. <laughs> Shit. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm happy to sit in any chair. I, I it's from Anthropology. It's like nine hundred dollars. Oh yeah, that you maybe maybe we'll send that one back. Uh, there's no, they don't do returns. <laughs> it's one of those vintage ones that they like found in a dumpster and then repurpose and then they oh. charge you more for. Oh, so we, we bought a $900 dumpster chair? Yeah, we did. Okay. I mean, you know I liked the idea. I thought that it would just make this language be feel more garbagey. Pinteresty. Like garbage. I, I wanted to feel like a Pinterest board. <laughs> oh, that's good. I already feel like garbage at the end of each language be. <laughs> <laughs> so this week's language B is also a phrase and similar to last week it is a phrase that sounds like other popular phrases. So <laughs> okay. So you probably a heard... repurposed phrase. Yes. Like the chair. Yes, yeah, 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 exactly. Except not $900. <laughs> um okay, so this week's phrase is take the L. Oh, you take the you take the L. Does L L stand for something? And like take the. Of course it does. <laughs> of course it stands. The whole damn thing stands for something. It's a language word. Right. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So the L is. Um, but I thought you might get tripped up because uh, like the L train when someone's right. like, I want to take the L, but like that's well, that's obvious. Yeah, that's, that's not what this means. That's obviously obviously like the root. This of is this not phrase. a means of transportation. You take the L. You take the. Wow, it starts with an L. You would take. Take the, take like the low road. I'm gonna say it's like the low road. You went to like below the belt. You know mm. what I mean? It's like you're kind of close. You you went down to their level. Take the level you next are, level down. You, you are like <laughs> just stuttering out. You're not. Words you're not point. quite there, but uh. you are like. You're like next door to the yeah. right answer. Is this also a trick question? Because the, no, the L train is never running. And no, so no, 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 no. Okay. It's not. It has nothing to do with the subway. Take the L is to take the loss. Oh. So like if you mess up, uh. you're like, you know what? You're just going to have to take the L on this one. Like you you just screwed up. Okay. So. so it's literally just a regular phrase where instead of saying a word, they just say the first letter of that <laughs> word. That's what that's what you just gave to me. That's, yeah, I mean, yeah. Your language B is like drying up. No, it's not. I no people really say this. This is a, our producer. <laughs> We're getting is, thumbs up from our Victoria. Our producer has, has okay, said. Okay, so this is a real thing. This is a real thing. Is to take the L. Okay. When someone screws up, you t- that's what you tell them. Like okay. you know, usually what happens. This is okay. Let me explain this to you. 
when somebody screws up and they're being like really pigheaded about it and they mm-hmm. don't want to admit that they screwed up, right. you're like, listen, you're just going to have to take the L because like that's just how it rolls. Gotcha. So it's a little it's a little more than that. It's also directing someone just to deal with it. Yeah, you yeah, up, yeah. And now you have to deal it's with it. It's not usually like something that someone personally says. It's something that you tell someone like mm-hmm. suck it up. Right. You messed up. Okay. Just like how you screwed up on the definition of this one. Mm. You just gotta take the L. <laughs> you didn't get it right. I can have one I can make one of these. Make one up in a right heartbeat. Now. Make one up and tell me to, to get the answer right. Okay, okay. Um, we uh, you say, um this is uh this is <clears throat> You have to introduce this language beat. Put your hands on your hips. <laughs> Put your little hands on your hips and introduce this. I'm not word. doing that. But I will give you I will give you a phrase. Okay. I'm trying to think of a phrase. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um You su- you gotta take the L on this one because okay. you're not. All very right, so good. this is it's jumped the S. <laughs> jumped again. Jumped the S. Jumped the shark. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Oh my god, dude, that was terrible. <laughs> that was easy. Oh, I got another one then. What? Eat a D. <laughs> <laughs> Come at me, bro. <laughs> That's a great note to end our show on. Okay. E to D. (laughs) Try (laughs) using that in your daily life for sure. We want to hear from you. On that note. We want to know what you thought of this week's episode. Make sure to tweet us with the hashtag last name basis, or you can tweet us individually at Cheska Lee. Tie optional. I'm Francesca. I'm Patrick. And this was Last Name Basis.